Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Security Management Highlights, the special edition, Leadership in Action, What I've Learned. I'm your host, the security guy, Chuck Harold. Well, to me, leadership means being passionate and respectful. Um, to me, it's not only about being in charge, but it's really about taking care of those who are in your charge. And that's the respect um, that I think is very important in a day-to-day uh, leadership role. Ingra Heibrecht is the Global Senior Vice President of Responsible Business, Safety, and Security for the Radisson Hotel Group. Ingra, welcome to Security Management Highlights. Hi, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Now, let's start out with uh, your professional experience. Share some of that with us. Well, actually, um, in my career, I've had actually two careers. I've had two major parts in my career. I'm currently the Global Senior Vice President for Responsible Business and Safety and Security at Radisson Hotel Group. And for the last 10 years, I've been in sustainability and I've added safety and security to my remit only two years ago. And then the first part of my career was as an international business development professional in enterprise software. And in between sits actually um, a four-year sailing trip halfway around the world on my own yacht. Now, what would you say set you on your path? What got you started in this career direction? Well, I think the common theme in both big parts of my career is that I'm a generalist. So I know and have always sought a role that was all about understanding the company's business, the company's total processes and its revenue generating model. And I've also always wanted to and have always succeeded to work in an international environment. The other part that is really key to me is purpose. It's really what does a company stand for either in company values in its mission or in the purpose of the role itself and to make sure it's aligned with mine. And of course, in that second part of my career, when I took the path of sustainability and now with safety and security, the purpose pillar or the purpose element really came to the forefront. Did you plan this path? I mean, how did you get to where you are today? People often say, oh, you know, I had this great business plan and that doesn't always work out the way people think. Actually, no. I think I just consider myself lucky. I think some of my career steps were planned um, and some steps actually happened because I just grasped opportunities that were presented to me. Uh, One of the key things in my kind of uh, unorthodox or less standard career path, if you may say so, is to always keep an open mind, to keep a goal in mind and to keep those two principles of, you know, is it an international environment? Do I work? really in understanding the real business of a company and does it fit my values and my purpose. So I didn't really always plan for where I am now. So when you became self-aware that you were becoming upwardly mobile, right, on your way, what do you think helped you the most? The key thing for me was to stay true to my own values and my own character. That's so essential to be really committed to any role you have. Another thing is um, to not be a tourist in your job. That's also something that I often say to people in my team. When you are in a role or in a job, you really need to be committed to making that role a success without always wanting to be somewhere else. And then the third thing is to always ask to be at the table, to sit at the table. I've really succeeded in making steps in my career 
almost literally simply because I asked to sit at a certain table when there was, for instance, a major operational leadership meeting, as an example. So those elements really helped me in my career. Was there a defining moment in your career? Well, for me, a key moment when I was when I switched to sustainability, that's almost 15 years ago, time flies, uh, when I returned from uh, sailing, from circumnavigating or sailing to Australia. Um, and I must say, during those many, many night watches and visiting those pristine destinations, I realized that nature was really under stress. So that made me realize that when I came back, I absolutely wanted to act on what I had learned and combine my skills from my career before to go and protect people and the planet, of course, in a realistic way and within a company setting, which is what I'm doing today. So tell me about a career setback and how you dealt with them. I've had, uh, I've had quite a few myself. Yeah, I think we all, we've all had them. Um, I'm an optimist in general, um, but I would say that the major setback was when I was working with Toyota Motor Europe and when I was hitting and trying to break the glass ceiling for women leaders, which unfortunately was in place at that time. And I really tried for several years to you know, grow in the company and become a, a more strategic leader and grow uh, to the next level, but that was prevented. And um, I just ended up leaving and, um, you know, joined Radisson, which was called Residor at the time, and that's where I could have more impact. So what do you think was the most important lesson you learned in your career, and how did that prove to be invaluable to you? Well, actually, I think one of the key lessons for anybody um, in their career is to build and maintain a strong network. You know, if you build a network based on providing a service for people when they need your service, your advice, your help, and then creating and maintaining that strong connection, that's what really can help you when you either have to get a difficult decision through, when you need to get your, some advice yourself, or it even helped me to get this job, or I, I should say the first job within Radisson, which happened when they had they were looking for a director of responsible business, which is sustainability, but they hadn't even advertised the role externally. And I learned about this opportunity through someone in my network, which then made me apply for the role, even though it was not posted. And then I got it. And this is, you know, the rest is history. Now I'm very happy where I am today and I've grown tremendously in my career within Radisson. What do you think was the greatest piece of advice you received in your career? Well, actually, it's quotes. Um, I, I work or, or I, I have two quotes which are really important to me and which continue to inspire me. And one is uh, by Abdul Kalam. He's a scientist, a politician, and a former president of India. And he said, fail actually means first attempt in learning. And the other quote is actually a quote from Benjamin Franklin, who said, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, involve me and I learn. So in essence, both of these quotes talk about never giving up, 
and always continuing to learn. So I think it's so important to, no matter what level you're at, to always keep an open mind to learning. What I do or try to do is every morning I try to meditate for 10 minutes, which then keeps me focused during the day. And every evening I actually reflect or try to reflect and find one thing that I learned, one new thing that I learned that day. So those two are actually lessons which I, I try to use every day. So would you have chosen the same career if you had to make the decision again? Absolutely. Is there anything, no anything you go back and change? Nothing really. As I said earlier, I consider myself really lucky to be the, in the position I'm in. And, you know, one other good thing for me is to know that the work is never done. We can always improve. We can always do better. There's always a way to make processes more efficient. There are new threats. There are new risks. The company is changing. So the work is never done. Who would you say has been the most influential person in your life or career? It could be personal or business. Well, I would say in my life, it's absolutely my husband, who I have been together with for the last 15 years now in my life. He's definitely um, my sounding board, my rock, <laughs> my total support. He believes in me. He's very patient. Um, he's also patient when I put in the long hours and the many, many business trips. So... Um, I really think you can't do uh, a major career on your own. You need somebody who is there and supports you all along. And my husband definitely does that. Now, professionally, I would say the three CEOs I worked with or the last three CEOs I worked with, they have been instrumental because each of them gave me an opportunity, which was a next step in my career. So I'm really thankful for those opportunities and for, for, for them believing in me. Let's switch it up and start speaking about leadership now. Define leadership for me in a personal way, not the textbook definition, but what does leadership mean to Inga? Well, to me, leadership means being passionate and respectful. And if I may paraphrase something that Simon Sinek said, um, to me, it's not only about being in charge, but it's really about taking care of those who are in your charge. And that's the respect um, that I think is very important in a day-to-day -day, uh, leadership role. I also think that you need to be candid with your team and you need to be firm. Uh, a leader, or I try to do that at least, is to express my long-term vision and to inspire people to come along with me on the journey towards that vision. Uh, I also try to challenge my team members when it's necessary. And I actually um, carry a little paper with a quote in my uh, purse. And that's a quote from a teabag, believe it or not. And it says, say it straight, say it simple, and with a smile. So those are the things that I try to put in practice. So here's the $64,000 question. Do you think leadership skills are learned or genetic? And I've spoken to many leaders about this, and each one has a little different answer. Well, I think you need to have, first of all, the innate wish to be a leader. Uh, you need to want to be a leader. But then on the other hand, things can be learned as well. 
because I learn to be a better leader every day. So I think it's a bit of both, but the wish to be a leader needs to be there in the first place. So how long have you been in your leadership role? And this is, this is for business. And then maybe how long have you been in a leadership role in a personal sense? Well, I, if I look at it, I think I've been in a real leadership role since 2009, so for a good 10 years. Um, but before that, I actually had always had to assemble, motivate, gather, and lead teams of people who did not directly report to me. And to, to a big extent, that's still true today. So, you know, it def- depends on how you define leadership or leadership role. I've always had to, you know, lead teams. In a personal life, I don't really think I'm a leader. I'm just, uh, you know, a person who tries to enjoy life every day. Well, let's go back. Let's go back maybe to when you were young. Did you first realize you may have had some qualities back in your early development? Well, actually, I think I did never really think about this, but I think my grandfather already saw some kind of a leader in me when I was a child. So we have a famous family story where he said that if his grandkids were ever in the army, many of the others um, would fight to be in the back, but that I would always fight to be in the front and to lead. So he saw that in me. So there must have been something. You think there's something you wish you had known before you took your first management position? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the key lesson I learned early on is to look for complementary working styles and team differentiation, uh, when, especially when you start hiring um, people into your team or when you're assembling a team. I think the easiest route is to always choose the people that you know are similar to your own character and your working style because you simply easily get along with them. But I've learned early on that diversity and difference in opinion actually builds the strongest teams. Were there some leadership skills that were more difficult to learn than others? Yeah, definitely. Patience. I think patience and knowing uh, which battle to pick. Um, I'm quite a passionate person and I always want things to move quickly. So there's a great piece of advice I actually received when I was working at Toyota from a Japanese top executive. Um, and he said, you have to pick your fights and just keep focused on what's really important and don't get lost in the detail. So be patient and keep your course. And that's one of the things I think, which is important. There's a a time for, and a momentum for every decision. And sometimes you cannot get things done right away. So you have to park them and come back to them at a later moment. Do you have some leadership lessons you could share with our audience? I think a key thing is to dream big and not to be afraid to plant an idea. You know, creating a movement or shifting, uh, affecting a change in a company means that you need to plant the idea and then keep on talking about your idea until you see people 
being convinced and then coming over to support your plan or idea. So if you plant an idea, don't be afraid to do so. For example, one very practical illustration of that was that when I was actually promoted to global VP of responsible business directly from director to global VP, because I had suggested the role to the person who was then COO and later became the CEO. And I had never thought that that idea that I put forward in a dinner conversation at one event then would lead to actually the role being created and me being offered the role. So don't be afraid to plant an idea. And I said it before, always ask to sit at the table. There's moments where I achieved major steps forward where in the sustainability field, for instance, I got really major decisions taken simply because I learned about an important meeting taking place and I asked to be at the table. I asked to be at the meeting. So those two things would certainly be my top advice. Let's speak about mentoring. This is such an important topic in our business. We need to pass on knowledge to the young people. And the security industry continues to evolve. So what should young professionals seeking advancement do to prepare themselves for jobs and opportunities in our, in our security sector? As I said in the beginning, I only speak from two years of experience in safety and security. So what I learned um, is, and what my, my advice would be, is to, when you want to move up the, secure, the ladder, the career ladder in safety and security, and you want to grow, is to first seek to understand your company's vision, strategy, and risks, and especially the risks. You need to see as a safety and security professional what risks are important to your company leaders and to your investors, if you know that. And as an example, there's an excellent report which is published every year by the World Economic Forum. It's always published in the beginning of the year when the forum takes place. And it's a report that shows um, how CEOs assess the current risks for the year. And you will see that risk landscape change every single year. For example, in the 2020 edition, the top five risks, they are all related to climate change. So seek to understand those risks in your company vision. I think on the operational side, there will definitely be roles in security that did not exist five years ago. It's roles that are related to things like cybersecurity, to new technologies, or to roles um, that are acting on this intersection between IT security and physical security. So I think just like in any other field, there definitely will be roles that are going to be created. So if you are into those new developments, then keep an eye out for them and see if you can be a professional in one of these new roles. And then finally, I would say, yes, the industry continues to evolve, but in our business, in the hospitality business, we are a people's business. So we will continue to um, need uh, security professionals in the hotels. In Radisson's case, that's 1,200 hotels around the world. And we need professionals who can deliver security through a service mindset. Did you have any mentors in your career and, and what was their impact? Well, I must admit that I never had any formal mentors. 
there certainly are many business leaders that who I admire and who I've worked with. Like um, I said, our current CEO and the previous two CEOs of Radisson certainly um, were an inspiration to me. Um, now, what I do is I read and I learn about other leaders who are an inspiration and who I admire, uh, whether they are business leaders or historical leaders or an inspiration. Um, and to me, those are people like Paul Pullman, who is the former CEO of Unilever, political leaders or former political leaders like Churchill and Nelson Mandela, or ladies like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or even Fanny Stevenson, who had an amazing life. Is mentoring helpful in navigating a career in the security industry? It seems like, especially nowadays with this explosion of knowledge, that we really have to kind of maybe mentor forwards and backwards. Can your, yourself learn from younger people? Well, I would absolutely agree to that. As I said before, I think mentoring is useful in any career. And I think we need to have a wide network of people who we learn from, whether they are officially mentors or not. But I absolutely think that we can learn from younger professionals, as well as people who are at the same level or higher than ourselves in an organization. Is it possible to have a successful career without mentoring? Yes, I think so. But I do, I am convinced that you cannot have a career without a network. Um, as I said, it's so enriching to have a wide network, both within your company, in your industry, and even cross industry. So without mentoring, yes. Without a network, no. What are the biggest changes you think you've seen, not necessarily in the security industry, but let's, let's just make that question about the leadership role in corporate governance and corporations and things like that? Because certainly you've had leadership roles in other capacities other than security. Is there anything that kind of stands out to you? What's changed in the work environment? I think one thing that has really changed is the speed. You have to absolutely always keep a finger on the pulse of things that are changing. Take, for instance, on um, sustainability. I really think that 2019, although we've on the, the negative side, we have seen so many natural disasters increasing and we've seen a lot of catastrophes, which impacted a lot of people and businesses. On the other hand, it was a kind of a year of awakening for general public awakening for sustainability. So these things can move. They move quickly. Like the plastics debate, it wasn't there two years ago. And now customers, stakeholders, they are all expecting that companies do away with single-use plastics. So these trends, they come much faster than they did before. And companies and leaders need to be agile, they need to keep a finger on the pulse, and they need to be able to then formulate a solid um, vision and plan in response to this changing environment. Inga, what's the best advice you would give someone who's aspiring to be a CSO? I think is to think beyond what your current role is and to really focus on the strategic understanding because strategic understanding is essential if you want to have a conversation and be relevant to your executive leadership and your board in the company. So lift yourself and your plans 
beyond your operational issues and questions that we all face daily and try to see the bigger picture. And then don't be afraid when you see that bigger picture to put ideas forward um, that are maybe beyond your immediate responsibilities and then patiently build the understanding and the support for your idea or your plan. And I also think it's important to know your own weaknesses and strengths. You know, I'm not somebody who was groomed in safety and security. I took over the leadership role two years ago in this very specialist and very important field. So I know what my strengths and my weaknesses are in this regard. And I'm surrounding myself, and that would be my suggestion for other leaders, is to surround yourself with people, team members, who have the expertise and who have the experience to complement um, your own strengths and bring in expertise where you yourself are a bit weaker. My guest has been Ingra Hybrex, Global Senior Vice President, Responsible Business and Safety and Security for the Radisson Hotel Group. Ingra, thank you so much for speaking with me. Very interesting conversation, very enlightening. And thanks for coming on Screen Management Highlights, Leadership in Action, what I've learned. Thank you, Chuck. It's been a real pleasure.